Good morning and welcome to Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move. I was waiting for Mark Carr to say something. <laughs> Mark is taking a well-deserved day off, and I am here with Jamie Shermeyer uh, of Innovative Comfort Solutions. And we're going to be talking about some new stuff today. This is your host, Becky Ivins, Movers Real Estate. I am the broker and the leader of the Becky Ivins Real Estate team. So, Jamie, you've got new stuff on heating and air conditioning. Good morning, Becky. Yeah, we do. Um, the uh, government EPA has made changes again to the refrigerant uh, mandates, and they are making changes. So uh, it was scheduled to roll out uh, January 1 of 25, so almost a year from now, where they're changing the refrigerant again, and it will require you know the whole system to be changed out to be compatible with that new refrigerant system. And they are discontinuing the refrigerant 410A. So um, the uh, fortunately, the the production of the equipment that that takes this new refrigerant is kind of going slower than what they had proposed. So they're pushing that back to January 1 of 26. So we do have another year, but we're still two years. Uh, two years from now, there will never there will not be any more R410A refrigerant equipment available. And it will be the new refrigerant that they're coming out with. So and then what what came before that 410A? R22. Okay. Yeah. And R22 was great. It worked very well, but it had um, uh, certain properties in it that were ozone depleting and uh, contributing to global warming and yeah. that they wanted to phase out. So, Do you know when that change took place? <laughs> they stopped making the refrigerant. Uh, or equipment with that R22 refrigerant in January 1 of 2010. And then they stopped making the refrigerant or at least importing it in the United States and banning the production in the United States in January 1 of 2020. So for four years now, we haven't been able to get any more of that R22 refrigerant. Uh, so whatever they had in stock, whatever you know, contractors had on their on their trucks, that's all we can get. So it will likely be the same thing for the R410A. They will phase that out as well. They haven't exactly given a date on that yet. But if it holds true to what they did on the other uh, R22, it'll be another 10 years. So what is the difference in these? Uh, it's the chemical makeup of it. So you had um, you know, R22 had uh, carbon in it so or chlorine in it, and uh, they wanted to get the chlorine out. The um, the 410A has has another property that it, they said it was o, uh, zero ozone depletion, but they're saying it's still uh, cause global warming. Now, so. besides the refrigerant that is different, uh, and what's the new one called? There's going to be a couple of them. R454B uh, is is what most American manufacturers are going with. The one that's going to be different is going to be some of your um, your overseas, European, uh, Asian, they're going to, they've actually had R32 in production for a lot of years, and they're continuing with that. But it doesn't meet our standard here in the U.S.? It does. So that new refrigerant of R32 will meet the standard that they're going to in 
20 uh, and 26. So oh, the okay. R32 will. It has not been approved in the United States. Uh, it's actually being tested in certain areas of Texas right now, and they're running, um, you know, testing on on operations and things like that in certain areas of Texas. But it will be certified for for United States. Okay, so yeah. it should be. Uh, we're looking to China for a refrigerant now, right? Well, it's <laughs> it's <laughs> kind of yes. I mean, it's it's we're kind of looking to China for everything. So what? Uh, okay. Now the we've talked about the SEER rating S E E R for a long time. Now tell me what the S the SEER means. SEER stands for seasonal energy efficiency ratio. And what it is, the higher that number, the more efficient that equipment is. But it does give you the ability to say how much more efficient one system is from the other. So you can take the lower sear and divide it by the higher sear, and that will give you your percentage of um, operation efficiency. So kind of a way you can put miles to gallons to a car. Uh, you can do that for air conditioning. So um, back in the day, the you know the the most common sear was ten sear. Now our minimum is is fifteen sear, but it's sear two. So there's changes in that too. But if we go by the regular sear, you know you take maybe you went from a 10 sear to a 14 sear before the changes last year, you would take 10 divided by 14 and you'd get 71 and a half percent. So your, your equipment that you have now, uh, if you went that way would be, you know, 28% uh, cheaper to operate. So sear two, they changed, they said, well, they, the efficiency was rated on of your duct static. So basically how restrictive of flow is your air through your ductwork because your more restrictive ductwork will make your efficiency less. So they it was originally rated off of a 0.1 duct static, and they said, well, that's very unrealistic, uh, which it is. And so they changed it to a 0.5 is what they had to test at. So it's a more realistic restriction in the ductwork. Now what, so, t- tell me how you get – Restriction in duct work. Well, it's just re- restriction to airflow. I mean, if you take it to something that's more commonly understood as a garden hose, if you have a 25-foot garden hose and you turn your water on full blast, you're going to get more water out of the end of the 25-foot than you would out of a 50-foot or a 100-foot hose. So it's the restriction of flow through the duct work for the air, just like a garden hose would be for water. Okay. So, and that's kind of built into your house. <laughs> It, it is. It's part of the design process when we design a duct system. Um, so the size of the duct, um, the amount, the length of run, the amount of 90s and offsets and turns that it has to do, all that's going to increase that. Uh, one thing that's pretty common in our area is that, that contributes to that, that uh, duct static is returns. Um, we... You know, there's a lot of people out there that short the amount of return. Uh, there's not enough return for our system. So that will increase the static because you're trying to suck harder through the return to blow through the supply. And if you can't blow what you don't have. So so the up to a certain point, I would think, air return vents that take air back to your system, mm-hmm. uh, the more the merrier. Yeah, you really can't oversize return. Uh, it, it's not, it's not really possible. Um, you're just going to be able to, you know, flow it more easily 
through that duct system. Okay. When you have too small returns or not enough returns, then you don't have the air coming back to the system that it needs to be able to blow it out through your supply vents. So um, when it's undersized like that, it'll cause more restriction through the ductwork, which will add to that static pressure. Well, and then the ductwork itself, so many of them are kind of a flex hose in the attic that, I mean, to me, that would just swirl your air around a lot more than blow it straight out. We have a lot to talk about on heating and air conditioning. The best systems to buy, uh, do you have any brands you favor over another? Uh, We're going to talk in depth about this when we get back with more on Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move. Welcome back to Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move. This is Becky Ivins, a team member of the Becky Ivins team. Am I the team member, Michael Gannon? How about the team leader? <laughs> uh, and I am here with Jamie Shermeyer from Innovative Comfort Solutions. And I, I need to say that name a lot more often, Innovative Comfort Solutions, because I will tell you, I've been doing this business a long time and it has been years since I have found somebody as knowledgeable as Jamie I used uh Deco Eddie Deco Mm -hmm. up in Edmond I've known his wife I don't remember ever not knowing his wife we were the same age we were born together kind of and grew up in a little country church together and uh Eddie great guy but he sold his business and retired, and I have yet, until I've met you, have yet to find another heat and air company that uh, really satisfied all what I need. I need somebody who'll give me my options. I need somebody who'll give a fair price that'll show up on time pretty much, not bring the dirt in the house. I mean, my requirements are not steal from you once you get inside somebody's house. <laughs> There's a, That seems simple, but I will tell you, uh, I've walked in on vendors rifling through papers on someone's desk. And what business do they have to do that? So you need an honest vendor when you go to your HVAC. And for those of us that know what HVAC is, Let's share with our audience. What does that stand for? Well, thank you for that first, Becky. I appreciate that. Um, you know, we take well. Our, you're welcome. Well earned. You know, we take our integrity and our honesty very seriously. Um, we want people to, uh, you know, be feel comfortable with us being in their home. So, um, but uh, yeah, HVAC stands for Heating, Ventilation, and Air Conditioning. So it's just an acronym for the things that that we do. So it's the the heating side, the air uh, ventilation side, like ductwork or um, even bathroom exhaust is technically a a um, HVAC product. Do you guys include the fireplace? We don't. Uh, okay. The fireplace, it's kind of a niche. Um, it, when we built our house four years ago, I didn't even install our own fireplace. So <laughs> There you go. <laughs> we kind of stay away from go it. I mean, the, f- the, the principles of it are very similar, but okay. we just, we kind of stay away from them. Well, you are a wealth of knowledge, so I want to kind of dip into that knowledge base of yours. 
And we've been talking about, before a break, we talked about the different refrigerant types where it used to be, you know, the R22 and the refrigerant. And what did they call that, R22? Well, they call it Freon. Freon, there you go. Yeah, so Freon, it's kind of like saying I need a Band-Aid, right? Uh, it's just a brand name. Freon was a brand name that made R22. And it just caught on. It was one of the first uh, brands. Kind of like so, hand me a Kleenex. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. there you go. So it just gets stuck. Um, R420 uh, or R410A uh, was branded Puron. Right. And so that kind of, you know, took on a little bit, uh, but everybody still calls it Freon. So, right. But know, the Puron just, had less effect on the ozone. Yes, that was the R410A, and it had uh, zero ozone depletion, so it was supposed to be better for our environment. And Now, the next thing coming out, and that's in two years from now, yes. it's going to be mandatory in two years. But when will it become available? And that is the R454B? Yeah, R54B and R32, depending on your manufacturer. Okay. Um, they're hoping to have that rolled out in the end of fourth quarter uh, next year. Okay. So maybe maybe end of third, maybe end of fourth, but those delays are what pushed everything off, um, you know, where they had to push it off another year because it was supposed to be January 1 of 25. Is it but energy more energy efficient? It is. It's going to move heat, which is all your refrigerant is doing is moving heat, and it will move heat more efficiently as 410A moves heat more efficiently than R22 does. But um, the the main thing that the the EPA is wanting out of this is it's better, you know, better for the environment uh, standpoint. You know, it has the a more chemical makeup that's less invasive to the environment. Well, we all are for that, right? We are. We uh, are. But it's coming at a very large cost. And, you know, in reality, I mean, how much better is it at what cost? At a, what financial cost, right? Exactly. Okay. Yes. Um, you know, the, a lot of people don't understand the major undertaking it is for these manufacturers to recreate equipment and recertify equipment. It's millions of dollars. And that cost gets passed on to the, the end user. So right. when we make these changes, they cost a lot of money. I, we don't know what the extra cost of this new equipment is going to be, but our, uh, our distributors uh, are telling us to estimate a 40% increase in cost of equipment for the new refrigerant. So that's going to be a substantial increase in price for the end user. Okay. And that's just the refrigerant cost. That's the equipment cost. Equipment cost is going to go up by about 40% and the refrigerant cost, I would think would follow suit there. The refrigerant cost is going to be, uh, I mean, it'll, it'll be what it is. Um, I mean, it's whatever cost it is, but there's a lot of costs that go into developing a refrigerant too. It's just like medicine. You know, the, your first original medicine costs a lot of money, but then after it's been made and they, you know, they recoup their expenses and you get the generic brands then it's just much cheaper. So there's going to be a lot of cost in that refrigerant to, to, um, you know, recoup that cost of manufacturing it and designing it, creating it. So, but the equipment is is going to go up as well because you have to now redesign all of that equipment to run on that new refrigerant. Uh, the other added uh, part to this is that this new refrigerant will have propane in it. So, uh, as part of the chemical makeup. Well, so that doesn't be, sound propane to me is a fire danger. It is. Uh, it's it's considered mildly flammable. Um, 
And, you know, although we might worry about whether the refrigerant is flammable and those type of things, uh, the reality is we have natural gas in almost all of our homes that goes to the heating and air conditioning system that's that's flammable and explosive. So it's not that we don't know how to do proper procedures that are going to be safe with that propane. But when it comes to the new refrigerant, so if the refrigerant is mildly flammable, um, the motors that are in the HVAC equipment are now going to have to be sealed and spark-proofed. They will be substantially higher in price. Spark-proof. Spark-proof. So they can't ignite the refrigerant if there was a leak. Well, that sounds like a big electrical change. It is going to be a big electrical change. Uh, There's also mitigation equipment that's going to be built into the equipment that's basically a refrigerant leak detector in the equipment so that if it notices a refrigerant leak, it's going to react accordingly. And right now, as I understand this, they they shut off all of the system and then they turn the blower on and they'll dilute the refrigerant with your home air. They'll blow it through your ductwork and into your home and dilute it with your home air to where it won't be at a flammable level. Well, how is that for people to breathe? I, I question that. Well, I, I, you know, I mean, it's, we don't know. <laughs> I don't have the answer to that one. Well, surely I mean, someone's thought of that, right? I would assume I would that think... someone has thought of that. Uh, let's hope um, so. So, but where that becomes into an issue that can add costs as well, if your home doesn't have this, the amount of volume of air for the amount of refrigerant in your system, then your home needs to be power ventilated to exhaust that refrigerant leak out of the home. So you're going to have extra costs there as well. What is, how do you ventilate, power ventilate? It'll be an exhaust fan that goes to the outside, similar to like a kitchen hood exhaust. Well, and some of the uh, ventless fireplaces have to have that. Your ventless fireplace, um, you know, it just... It, or I guess just your fireplace, it, not your yeah, ventless. your fireplace uh, is going to have an exhaust vent. That's going to be similar to your furnace has an exhaust, a powered exhaust vent. Uh, that forces those exhaust fumes out of the home uh, and through the vent, the the uh, flue venting system. Your ventless fireplace is one that's compared to your gas range. The exhaust stays in the home. So, but at such small levels that it doesn't right. really affect us so much, right? right? And, and very similar with your fireplace. It's not it's not large enough to where you know it's going to be crucial, but. Um, if you know if your fireplace is not burning clean, if it's a ventless and it's not burning clean, it can produce carbon monoxide and cause those issues. So, you know, we never recommend. Although you know, we t- talked about we kind of stay away from the fireplaces, but when we'll see our our customers that are using their fireplaces and things like that that are ventless, we you know say, hey, we recommend you don't use that when you're when you're sleeping. Uh, it's not a source of heat. It's decoration. Um, if you ever get any headaches or anything like that, that's probably a sign of carbon monoxide. If that's running, turn it off, have it serviced. Do you know we went uh, in our house? I read your reports, mm-hmm. which they're long reports, by the way, but they're they, very they full are. of information. Uh, whenever you've done uh, a service or a repair, you – I mean, you go into detail about what you find Mm -hmm. and some suggestions as to what to do. There were three of us in our house that woke up with a headache the same day. So we, I said, we need to 
carbon monoxide detector. In fact, our house is not small, so we need a lot of because there's a lot of people in there too. So we ended up. Uh, I went to your report to find out what brands you recommended. You've got a couple of specific brands that you recommend. We're going to go into detail about carbon monoxide and what it does and how to keep you safe because it's not all just cracked heat exchangers anymore. No. It, it, there is a lot that uh, goes into that. And we're going to return with more with Jamie from Innovative Comfort Solutions right after this break in Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move. Welcome back. This is Becky Ivins. I am the broker of Movers Real Estate Company, and I'm the leader of the Becky Ivins Real Estate Team. And I'm here to share a little bit of knowledge with you today. Uh, the first thing we want to do is our word of the day. Our word of the day is brought to you by Robbins Roofing, where their word every day is trust. You can trust Robbins Roofing from a, doing a small repair to replacing an entire roof and dealing with your insurance company. I want to tell you, they're like bird dogs with those insurance companies. It. I ended up getting four checks, three supplemental checks from my insurance company because Larry Robbins went to bat for me and met the adjuster out there every single time. They denied the claim to start with. weren't even going to replace my roof, and this is my office roof. And then he goes, now, there's plenty of hail damage up there. You need it replaced, Becky. And he fought for it, got the new roof, got the gutters, got uh, many other things on that. So Robbins Roofing, you can call them at 728-3700. You also can go to BeckyIvins.com and – Look under Becky's Favorites. There's a tab right on the website that says Becky's Favorites. And, Jamie, you're on there. Yeah. Uh, Innovative Comfort Solutions and Robbins Roofing. People that I've dealt with for years that have earned my trust and you pay nothing to be on there. Uh, You, because I have people every week call, ask, how do I get on your favorites? I'm going, well, you have to work for me for a while and while and I not two or three times, but maybe two or three years and dozens of times in order for me to earn your trust because I don't know you. And uh so Jamie, you have earned your spot on there. So if you want to contact Jamie, just go to Beckyivans.com, look at Becky's favorite tab and his logo, his uh contact information is on there. And so, Jamie, we're talking about filters is our word of the day today. So what is a filter? Filters are what cleans your air before it goes back to the heating and air conditioning equipment. So most of the filters here are located in ceilings uh, in your filter grills. And uh, some are located at the furnace. It just depends on your system. But most of them are going to be in the ceiling. Um it's really important to change those often. Um, a lot of people wait till they're they're horribly dirty 
before they change them, and they it, think, well, I'm saving money. It uh, amazes me how <clears throat> poorly somewhat, some folks take care of their heating and air conditioning systems, which are very expensive, yes. uh, and they choose to pay higher bills because they won't change a filter. Yeah. A filter is basically a porous device for removing impurities or solid particles from the air. And if you have any work done on your house, like drywall, sheetrock work, you better be changing that weekly for a while. Yeah, yeah. Because construction dust is horrible. It'll yeah, definitely get you know, plug up a filter very, very quickly. How many times have I mean? I had one of my own tenants do this recently. Uh, that was renting an office space. Their air conditioning didn't work, and it was hot outside this last summer. And so they said, our air conditioner just won't work. It's not cooling at all. Uh, it comes on, and then it shuts off. And so I sent Jamie. I, I don't know whether you or Drew went out there, but anyway, one of your technicians went out there and found a filter that was so solid, such a solid mast. It was it cost me a lot of money for someone to come change that filter that the tenant was supposed to have changed. Mm -hmm. So what I have done now is put you in charge of changing my filters at least twice a year on every system. Yeah. <laughs> so. And that's twice a year still is not enough. It's not enough. And we do send a text on the quarter. We change ours at our house every three months unless we've got other things going on and if you've got dust and things or the doors are opened a lot with kids running in and out of houses and stuff you need to change it more often yeah how does it affect your energy bill well it's it's horrible for your energy bill uh as we were talking about earlier about your efficiency directly related to your your efficiency of your duct airflow if your air filter is dirty it's taking away the efficiency um, but a lot of times, I mean, it's it's something as simple as the amount of electricity that it takes for the blower motor to overcome that restricted filter is costs way more than what the filter itself costs. So a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to save money. I'm just not going to change my filter. Um, you're paying more for your electric bill for that blower motor to do it. Every plus single your, month. Yes. And uh, plus your efficiency degrades, uh, your capacity degrades. So it's not cooling as well as it should. It's not heating as well as it should. Because your but your system's running longer. Yes, it is because it has to to, to work harder to do what it needs to do. Um, you're wearing out the system. You know, you're causing harm to it. Uh, expensive repairs result from dirty filters. Right. So and, such and an it, easy thing to do is to change a filter. It really is, but it you know people don't think about it. You know, so I try to tell them get them get them to. Correlate it with something, you know, when you get your electric bill, change your filter, or when you get your gas bill, change your filter. Or, I mean, we've all got smartphones now, put a reminder on it, you know, at the beginning of every month. Uh, you know, we recommend to check a monthly and replace as needed uh, because every home is different. You mm -hmm. know, if you're, um, if you've got dogs, if you pets, kids running in and out like you're talking about, um, you know, your, your filters are going to get dirty faster than somebody else's. And that's, that's a common misconception. I, I bought the three month filter, so I don't have to change it every three months. Well, the, it, it's regardless. The filter doesn't know how clean your house is. We've, we've got some sweet, 
you know, elderly ladies that are on our service plan that we change our uh, filters for them every six months when we go out. And she keeps her house so clean, dusts, I swear, every day or twice a day. We go there in six months, and her filter's still clean from the time that we changed it six months ago. It's it, So your your home is very different. Right. So, well, she probably doesn't go in and out. She doesn't. She all doesn't that much pets. to bring in the Oklahoma wind and yeah. dirt. Yeah. And pets make a lot of difference. They do. Well, you your know, pets are going in and out all the time too, right? Right. They go in and out to go to the bathroom, in and out to play, whatever. They bring dirt in. Their their you know their pet hair, their shedding, um, all those things are going to cause that filter to to get dirty faster. Yeah, and and it can make a huge difference in your energy bill, not just a little bit. Yeah. But uh, it could be su- substantial. I mean, so changing your filter could save you fifty dollars. Yeah, but uh, that's actually small in comparison to the repairs that it can cause from not changing it as well. Right. Yeah. So, so okay. Well, we've talked a little bit about the energy rating, uh, the SEER. Mm-hmm. Now they changed that to SEER SEER two. What yes. is a SEER two? SEER two is when they factor in that ductwork static pressure change that we talked about from point one to point five. So when they made that change, they couldn't rate the equipment off the same SEER rating, so they went to SEER 2. So anything that's rated SEER 2, which is as of January 1 of 23, so almost a year now, uh, anything that's rated SEER 2, I'm sorry, it actually came in the fourth quarter for some equipment. Of 22. Of 22. Uh But the mandate was for January 1 of 23. So anything that's rated SEER 2 is going to be based off of the duct static pressure loss of a 0.5 so, versus the 0.1. So so the higher the number is better? Or? Still the higher the number of SEER 2 or SEER, SEER 1, whatever that higher number is, is going to be better. So if you're comparing a, um, a 10 SEER to a 14 SEER, the higher the number is going to be better. If you're comparing a... Uh, 15 SEER 2 to a 17 or 20 or whatever SEER 2, that higher number is still going to be better. Okay. Okay. That Well, that makes sense. Now, they're about to change it again. They're not changing the SEER rating again. They're okay. just changing that refrigerant. Okay. Yeah. So there's not a new measurement. Not a new measurement, just a, a new refrigerant and new uh, new equipment to support that new refrigerant. Okay. Now, geothermal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a, this is a word that uh, if you're a buyer and the house has geothermal, you might want to jump up and down yeah. because your energy bills will be a lot less. Yeah. So I'm a big proponent of geothermal. I actually worked for one of the largest geo manufacturers for eight years. Oh. Um, and we have geo in our shop. We have geo in our house. I, I love geothermal. Um, so, in fact, my home, the system that we put in our home, is a 45 EER. So geo won't go off of sear because it's using the water as your heat transfer. So it doesn't matter whether it's 80 degrees or 100 degrees, which is the seasonal in the SEER. So my my system is a 45 EER. So where most systems, the minimum now is 15, one of the best you can get for a standard air-to-air is going to be in the 20s. So is this the equipment that you put like your air handler and stuff? 
Well, your geothermal system is a package. Most of them are a package system where it's it's all one. So you you don't have a outdoor unit on geothermal. Typically, you can. They do make splits, but they're more for retro type systems instead of new construction. So um, if you start geo from the beginning, you're almost always going to have a package unit where it's just it's going to look like your furnace. Uh, and you won't have an outdoor unit. The compressor is inside the unit. Everything is inside that one unit. And then the water lines connect to it to go to your to your loop to exchange the heat. So, What um, temperature is that water? It varies uh, from time. Uh, it also varies on your loop field, whether it was sized properly or, you know, if, um, I typically oversize my loops when, when I install them. Um, you know, but so my, my system runs anywhere from the coldest it typically gets is probably in the 30s, uh, upper 30s, lower 40s, and the warmest it gets is probably around 80 to 85. So what that means then is, is it's like running my air conditioner, even though it's 105 degrees out, it's like running my air conditioner when it's 85 degrees out. And it's like running my heat pump when it's 40 degrees out as opposed to zero or 20 so I can actually produce more heat. I can, our house is 60, 68, 69 degrees year round. Uh, it doesn't matter what the temperature is outside. It wow. can be 110. I'm still 68 degrees because that outside, that outside temperature has no bearing on whether or not I can condense that refrigerant on the outdoor unit like, like a typical split system does. So it's, it's a far superior system. It does come at a cost. Right. It, it definitely does. I bought that about a year and a half ago. And it, yes, it comes it at a does. cost. It does. But you have to look at it as an investment. Right. You know, um, if you're going to buy a home, live in it for one or two years and sell it, you'll never recoup those costs. But if you're planning to stay there a while. If it's your, okay. you know, yeah, if it's your home and you want to stay there for a while or if it's your business. If you, you have know. a quick question, you want to ask Jamie a question, you can give us a call. At 840-1000, it's 405-840-1000. If you want to replay this, go to a our podcast and just listen to it. You can find Oklahoma Real Estate on the move uh, wherever you get your podcast. We'll be right back to wrap this up with Jamie from Innovative Comfort Solutions right after this. Welcome back to Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move. This is Becky Ivins, and I appreciate you guys tuning in and listening today. It is time for our smoking hot deal brought to you by Casa Perico Mexican Grill. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to, we've got two callers hanging on the line, and I will give each of you my two callers. A free lunch at Casa Perico because uh, my coupons only have two locations on them. And they've opened two new locations. So Casa Perico now has four locations. They're on Route 66 in Yukon. They are uh, on 63rd, just west of Meridian. And they are at 122nd and Penn. And their newest location is just north of Hefner Road on May Avenue. So... Uh, go try Casa Perico's. If you need something catered for your New Year's Eve party, call them. I, they have catered stuff for me. It is fabulous food. 
they bring it and set it up for you. It's awesome. So Casa Perico, my favorite Mexican food place, uh, might be my favorite place altogether. <laughs> okay, our smoking hot deal is in Wilshire Hills. Now, those of you who know Wilshire Hills, uh, it is on kind of the corner of Wilshire and County Line. So kind of the Putnam City Central area uh, for schools. It is $210,000. It's got four bedrooms, though. So this is a nice size house, four bedrooms, and it's it looks good. It's been very well maintained. So give us a call. We'll, we'll help you see that home. I expect that home will sell uh, this weekend. It's a really good home for $210,000. So that's our smoking hot deal brought to you by Casa Prico Mexican Grill. Okay, Jamie with Innovative Comfort Solutions. Do you know, I always tell you guys that we don't want to do an infomercial for your company. We want you to share your knowledge. Uh, But I found out that I don't say the company enough, and then I get 15 calls the next week saying, who was that guy that was on the radio with you? (laughs) So it's Jamie with Innovative Comfort Solutions, and you can just go to BeckyIvans.com and find me, and Jamie services the properties that I own So and takes care of them. Okay, uh, we've got Judy on the line that has a question for you. Good morning, Judy. Good morning, Becky and Jamie. Good okay, good deal. What's your question, Judy? Well, Jamie, um, I uh, have a geothermal unit and was wondering if you could – tell me the difference between the closed loop and the open loop and you may have already addressed that i apologize i've just been listening for about the last 20 minutes but um how do you tell which one you have if it was say already there when you purchased the house well that's a good question judy um the difference and we haven't we haven't covered that yet today uh the difference on an open loop and a closed loop Open loop is that the water comes into the unit and it just goes out to a drain. Um, it might go and dump into a pond. It might go and dump into um, like a retention area. But it's very unlikely if you are residential that you have an open loop uh, because the city doesn't allow it. They, they don't want all that water being dumped into the drain that has to go back to the water treatment plant and be, and be retreated. Uh, the closed loop is one where you have uh, a closed circuit of water that just continues to recirculate through the same water recirculates through the through the geo unit and its loop field. Are you residential or are you rural? Residential, but you know, kind of out in the country on five acres. Okay, I would I would doubt that you have an open loop. Uh, it's it's pretty uncommon to do. Um, unless you have, you know, like a pond, uh, some people will use it to, to help keep their pond full. But, uh, the, the way to check it is we would have to do some pressure readings on that system and do some other inspection on it. So we'd be happy to do that for you. You can call our office and make an appointment for us to come out and do that for you. We'd be happy to do that. Um, but most likely you have a closed loop. Great, great question, Judy. We'll be sending you 
uh, your Casa Perico uh, free lunch. Okay. And now we've got one more call. Jerry. Good morning, Jerry. Hi, Becky. Hey, what's your Thanks question? For taking... Well, uh, my air conditioning unit, the uh, house was built about 13 years ago, and I know it used that latest version of Freon. Is it going to work with this new version of Freon without changing any equipment? Uh, good question, Jerry. And the answer is it will not. Uh, the new equipment, the new refrigerant must be used with all new refrig- uh, equipment. So wow. uh, even your furnace, which is probably the major change from going from R410A or any other refrigerant to the new refrigerant, uh, we could go from an R22 air conditioner to a 410A air conditioner, and we could still use your furnace. However, with the new refrigerant being uh, you know, slightly flammable, is what they're calling it, or mildly flammable, it uh, requires a furnace to have the mitigation software and, and capabilities in it. It requires the blower motor to be spark-proof. It requires uh, everything in that system to be totally different. So uh, the new refrigerant, you will need to change everything. You okay. will need to change the furnace, the air conditioner, the evaporator. Yeah. The only thing you, you can say keep, the Jerry, old time will be, will be available for another 10 years? Okay. No, no, no. It will be available in a couple of years uh, or actually maybe next year. I'll tell you what, we're out of time. But, Jamie, will you come back in the spring and Absolutely. talk to us about air conditioning a little bit? Absolutely. Okay, Jamie with Innovative Comfort Solutions, I appreciate your coming in. Jim Ivins, sing us out. Be a good day. May the Lord always watch over you, and may all of your hopes turn to wishes, and may all of your wishes come true.